of reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 25. And in the Church Bible, you'll find it on page 1041. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, He took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Hello again. Uh, I um, didn't say uh, earlier when I said about the service next week at nine o'clock being said communion. That's because it's the centenary of the start of the uh, World War One uh, commemoration and service at ten thirty next Sunday morning here in Christchurch. So then, love without boundaries. Well, I've got a joke to help us begin to unpack this theme. A man was walking through the quarry one day in the centre of Shrewsbury and um, he saw something gleaming at the bottom of a tree and he went over and he noticed that it was a lamp and so he gave it a rub and out popped a genie and the genie said I'll grant you three wishes and the man thought this is good I'll come to the quarry again and, uh, the, but the genie said but I must warn you that whatever I grant you, I must do double for your worst enemy. So the man thought hard about this and thought, this is 
this is difficult. I'm not sure I can do this. And he almost turned and walked away, but his greed got the better of him. And so he said, okay, I'm, I'm up for that. So the genie said, your first wish then. He said, well, my first wish is for a three-week cruise around the Mediterranean. And so the genie said, that's fine. So he got a three-week cruise, and his worst enemy got a six-week cruise. And at the end, he, the genie said to him, now for your second wish. And the man said, well, I'd love a four-bedroom house overlooking the River Severn, just near to Shrewsbury School. And so the genie said, well, your wish is my command. And his worst enemy got an eight-bedroom house overlooking the Severn. And after all the house purchasing was complete, the genie said, now for your final wish. And the man said, well, this is where it gets good. I'd like you to beat me till I'm half dead. <laughs> so, love without boundaries. I wonder if you could sum up the meaning of this parable or a meaning to this parable in just a few words. Words other than love your neighbor. Words other than love your neighbor. Can you get a little bit deeper underneath the skin of this parable? Can you delve a little bit deeper? I'm going to give you the opportunity. You can either sit in quiet or you might want to have a little natter with somebody next to you or near you. And just to do that, if you can sum up a meaning of this parable that goes a little bit deeper than simply love your neighbor. Go for it. Okay. No pressure, but um, has anybody come up with a real nugget of wisdom or that they'd like to share? Don't feel you've got to. But if you've got just a few words that you think, actually, yeah, this really helps us get underneath the skin of this parable a little bit. Chris? If you shout it out, I'll repeat it. Well, best I can. Okay. Live your life from your heart and not your head. Okay, thank you. That helps. Do as you would be done by. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. Ivan? Reach out to the stranger. Reach out to the stranger. Thank you. That's helpful too. Susie? Responsibility to love freely unconditionally. Take responsibility to love freely unconditionally. Yeah, thank you. John? And loving your enemies, not just your neighbours. Thank you. Yeah, love your enemies. Yeah, absolutely. Very different things. Anybody else? Well, they're really helpful. Thank you. That helps us to begin to get under the skin of, of this parable a little bit. So often, though, this parable of Jesus is taken to make a simple moral point, isn't it? And especially in, in school assemblies, I've found over the years, that if you see someone collapsed in the road or in need in any way, then you must help them. And of course, we should as Christians. We ought to. That's very true. Be a good Samaritan. And being a good Samaritan has been very much embraced hasn't it by society uh, and that idea of being a good Samaritan even if people don't know anything about the parable or the story or original meaning behind it 
now being a good Samaritan is doing just that, helping somebody in need. And occasionally, when people realize that in Jesus' day, Jews and Samaritans hated one another with a passion, another moral point is made, the dreadful effects of racial prejudice. Of course, the tensions between Israel and Palestine today, which are just awful to witness, aren't they? How just awful that situation is. They reflect in some way the hatred that has existed between Jews and Samaritans for hundreds of years. Both claim to be the true inheritors of the promises of God made through Abraham and Moses, the fathers of their faith. Both nations, therefore, see that they have the rightful claim on God's promised land. Very few Israelis today will take a direct route from Galilee to Jerusalem because it will require that they travel through the West Bank and it will risk injury or even harm. And a similar way in Jesus' day, travellers would have preferred to go down the Jordan Valley to Jericho before turning and then climbing the hill to Jerusalem. This route was much safer, but it was not totally safe. The road from Jericho to Jerusalem had many twists and turns, and bandits were well hidden and could pounce easily. A lone pilgrim was an easy target, and having been attacked, if he was left for dead, passers-by would not be able to tell if he was in fact dead or alive. And so Jesus painted a picture which meant a lot back then, and it still means a great deal today. This isn't simply a parable about loving our enemies and seeing that everyone is my neighbor. Yes, that's a very important part of it. It's not simply about doing away with racial prejudice. There's much more to it than that. This parable tells us so much about God's approach towards us, and therefore how we should live in response Invariably, Jesus told parables to show what God is like. That was uh, so much of what parables were about for Jesus. And it showed what God's approach towards us was like. And this parable is no different. We see then from the example of the Samaritan that God doesn't treat us as enemies. He doesn't see us in need and then do the equivalent of passing by on the other side of the road. Maintaining an untainted holiness is not God's concern either. Instead, the one whom we so often live in opposition to comes to us, picks us up, takes us to a safe place, and pays the full price to ensure that we are nursed back to health. The writer John said this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The example of the Good Samaritan opens up our ideas of God and what he's like. It sweeps away the thought that God must prefer people like me. Jesus instead paints a picture of love without boundaries, God's grace for all. Now, boundaries limit, don't they? The walls of this building limit the number of people that can fit in. If you've got one, the size of your car limits the numbers of passengers that you can give a lift for. 
uh, or the size of your tree limits the number of apples that can grow. We must have hundreds of apples in our apple tree. All the branches are touching the floor, it, it looks like to me. And yet on my uh, mum and dad's apple tree, my dad told me the other day that they've got six apples. It's two years old, so they've got six, six apples. I said to him, I'll give you some of mine. Boundaries limit. Imagine this. God didn't set a boundary or limit on the type of person or number of people who he loves. All, everyone, is a recipient of his grace. His mission of love in the world is for all, no exclusions. And in the light of God's wide-reaching grace, the parable Jesus told presents us with a challenging question. How will we join in with God's boundaryless demonstration of love? Will we take part as a way of boosting our own sense of isolated purity? As an excuse to put up a boundary of some kind? You know the sort of thing. Here are some examples. We are the church. We have the moral high ground. We are saved. You are not. Or by associating with certain people, I compromise my salvation and risk God's displeasure. Or clearly defining what we know we believe, like the lawyer whose question prompted this story, is more important than reaching out to those in need of God's limitless grace. I'll only spend time with other Christians as a way of expressing my faith. Or I don't like the idea of fully embracing people into every part of church life because I don't see them as being proper Christians. I only want to give to causes or people I see as being worthy. Or instead, will we see God's limitless love, love without boundaries, as something to be shared with the whole world, everyone, in every place? No church or Christian should be content with putting up boundaries or limiting God's love. We should not be happy with easy, isolated, closed, club-like, inward-looking ways of living out our faith when most of the world is lying half-dead on the side of the road. It's not enough to enjoy God's love for ourselves and then not to share that with others because we put up boundaries. It's not enough to protect the boundaries of what we believe when God's grace could make all the difference to those who believe differently to me. It's not enough to expect each other to maintain church for ourselves without being a church committed to God's mission of love in the world. If we're to join in with God's love without boundaries, we need to stop putting boundaries in place or imagining that they are there. To finish this morning, we're going to watch a clip from the film To End All Wars. You might have seen this film. It's a true story about four allied prisoners of war who endure harsh treatment from their Japanese captors during World War II whilst being forced to build a railroad through the Burmese jungle. Towards the end of the film, the Allies have begun to win the battle in the area surrounding the camp where Ernest, one of the main characters, and his companions, companions are being held captive. Even though the Japanese still run the camp, they've lost some of their power to control because of the war's effects. And after being bombed by Allied troops, Ernest makes the choice to help the injured 
enemy soldiers. And so as you watch this clip, be encouraged to see afresh God's love without boundaries. His desire to come to all of us in our need, not as an enemy, but as helper, healer and grace giver. See too God's challenge to join in with his limitless love by going beyond expected convention, beliefs, resentments, grievances, race, values and social status to reach out with healing and support to all those who lie half dead on the side of the road in need of help, truly. God's mission of love has no boundaries and yet we so easily and so frequently put them up. Today, I encourage all of us, myself included, to ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts to the wonders of God's grace so that we can share his love with everyone in their need whenever and wherever that may be. I'm going to turn the lights off and then we'll watch the clip.